Welcome to the Small Hours Podcast. My name is Al Guevara. Thank you very much for joining us. It is episode number 17. Yay! All right. There's at least one person excited to have the Small Hours back for another year, believe it or not. That's right. 2016. And your name is? Joe Guevara, your brother. Brother Joe and Al getting ready for episode number 17. It is January the 8th when this is being published. When it's being recorded, it's January the 6th. So some news may be out of date as usual. But that's that's par for the course. Par for the course. How did you? Uh, how was your your holiday break? We didn't do. We did the Christmas episode, and uh, then we missed the New Year's Day episode for a very good reason. Uh, tequila, yeah, mine yeah. was whiskey. <laughs> so, and te- oh. I had wine, tequila, whiskey. You know, yeah, dude, we did those awesome. lemmy shots, Mm-mm-mm. and then those did not end. <laughs> It was like, um, I started having juice. We'll talk about Lemmy in yeah. a bit. Um, but yeah, the holiday break uh, was pretty cool for us. Uh, I got to visit my brother-in-law, uh, Adam, in uh, in Dallas. Interestingly enough, when we got there, a tornado warning. Nice. Like uh, our phones start beeping, going off and everything. And I'm like, oh, really? Thank you for joining us in, in Dallas. It did strike, It did kill people, the, the tornado. Luckily, it wasn't near us. Right, uh, right. So we just got really bad weather. So mm-hmm. it was just... Terrible weather. But uh, it kind of thwarted our plans to go to Six Flags while we were there. But uh, overall, it was a nice day. We got to see our brother-in-law and, and uh, my sister-in-law and the kiddos and had a lot of fun up there. That was uh, We left Christmas evening to San Antonio to visit my other brother-in-law third. And um, we uh, just enjoyed the evening. Then we took off the next day to Dallas and stayed there till the 30th when we came back. And that's when my vacation began. Yes, after all the driving was done. Right. And, and that's, <laughs> that's what I told my wife. She's like, I'm like, oh, can we get back so I can start my vacation? She's like, what do you mean? We've been in Dallas. And I'm like, you don't understand the concept of uh, <laughs> to drive to Dallas. And, uh, and uh, we also went to Oklahoma to that Windstar Casino just uh-huh. across the border. And uh, I lost. So I should call it Lose Star. <laughs> and uh, no, it was a humongous, massive casino. Beautiful. But they got to pay for it somehow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Ours never loses. No, of course. Ours never loses. And I ended up going to Dallas uh, at the end of the vacation. Really? After New Year's, yeah. Oh, okay, that weekend. That's right. Yeah. We left on the weekend. And um, so we came back and uh, on the 30th. We got back, so the 31st was kind of just a, a there day, but then we had to go to church and visit, and that's when the fun began, because while we were in Dallas, uh, like you mentioned, Lemmy, uh, Kilmeister died, and uh, in, in his honor, I'm like, I, tonight I'm, I'm doing whiskey. So I had some Jack Daniels, I had some of that Texas Crown. Uh, Texas Crown whiskey, yeah. Whiskey or something, and um, a shot, shot for Lemmy turned to a pint. For Lemmy. So, <laughs> very apropos. Very apropos. For, so, this was for At the end, it was like, this was for Lemmy. And our nephew Lenny was yeah, what? Yeah, this was for Lenny. You know, so, uh, so, no, it was, a, it was a fun time and uh, nobody got hurt. So, that's that's always a plus. That's that's always really good. Uh, that's what I love about our, our, our uh, when we gather together as a family that mm-hmm. is usually a lot of fun is had. There is usually a lot of drinking taking place, but you know, for the most part, everybody's happy, right? Happy drunks, you know. Everybody, exactly. We we get along, and then uh, designate somebody to drive home and get home safely. Thank goodness for up to now. Uh, Yes, and um, and you know, a a good time is had by all. Everything in its in its proper place you know the kids have their own fun, the adults have their own fun, Mm -hmm. and everybody uh, comes out unscathed relatively. 
There's, there's a term in the uh, Mexican-American community called gresos. And mm. uh, luckily there there wasn't any, or usually isn't any gresos. L- literally translated means thick ones, but uh, it just means uh, basically a-holes when they, get, when they drink. Abrasive, yeah. Instant yeah. a-hole just at alcohol. Right. So luckily we didn't have any of those, and um, we just had fun. It's cool. We did the um, yearly tradition of lining the entire street with flares, which is... I venture to say probably illegal. I'm not sure. No, no. I don't know. I mean, they're just literally road flares. Yeah. The entire blocks. Uh, I'd say, what, uh, five, ten, about 60? About 60. About 60 or so. Uh, We're going for 2016. No, I'm just We stopped at 60. (laughs) No, but it's it's a sight to see. So it was a lot of fun and um, had, had fun, unfortunately, back to work. (laughs) <laughs> that Christmas, that holiday hangover, man. You going yeah. back to work like, yeah, 2016, what am I doing back at work? I was just on, <laughs> was just on vacation. You know. I had that extra Monday because uh, since we traveled to Dallas on Saturday night, we went to catch uh, Cowboys versus Redskins. That's right. Thanks That's to right. Uh, my uh, nephew, Alf, and his wife, Christina. Thank That was a great Christmas gift for me. And it turned out to be actually a decent game. It was. It, it wasn't, wasn't a runaway blowout. No, they had plenty of opportunities to win. Of course, it was like the, the whole season. You know, the opportunities were there. There were drop balls. There were misspasses, mm. interceptions, and so forth. But that, that was the story of the season. The whole The thing about it is that it was... Uh, our, our brother-in-law mm-hmm. uh, and 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 his dad. I mean, his son Alf and 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 myself. And uh, like he said, now nobody can tell you. Uh, AT&T Stadium is this. You've been there. You've seen it. Yeah. You've experienced it. And, you know, the big screen, the small screen, Massive, the, right? everything. Yeah. 80-yard screen. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> if it would have been crazier had they won, but, yeah. you know. It is and we're surrounded is. by uh, by Redskins fans. Everybody was good-natured, though. Everybody was At good-natured. Least. Yeah. They were uh, they were picking on some poor Jets fan that was there, you know. That's, that's fair game. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. I, I think for the most part, Dallas fans and while there are some gresos aforementioned, it's it's nowhere near like Philly or like uh, Oakland or yeah. anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, where you actually get beat up some places. Killed. Yeah. yeah killed, crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, no, I'm glad uh, you were able to. I haven't gone to a game at AT&T Stadium yet. Uh, we've passed by. I think we went to a Walmart across the street. Mm-hmm. And we're like, man, that's massive. And yeah. before that, I'd gone when they were uh, building it. They were almost done building it. So yeah. I've, I've been there a couple of times, not, not seen a game there yet. I want to wait till they win. So that'll be uh, a... <laughs> 20, May never go. No, I'm just kidding. So, no, overall, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm glad you got the opportunity to do that. Uh, it was a pretty sweet treat. Uh, when, when I saw him hand you the tickets, I was like, nice. Yes. Nice. And uh, overall, Christmas, good? Yeah, all in all, it was. Uh, I, I handed out the usual fruit baskets yes. and hung out and went to Mass and, you know, just hung out with family and friends and loved ones. And it was it was good. A good time was had. A really good time. Excellent. We're going to kick off the uh, actual Small Hours podcast portion of the Small Hours podcast now <laughs> with some entertainment news, as you may or may not have heard. Since we've been gone, Star Wars has been in the theaters. And uh, we did talk about it a couple times before our uh, extended break, which is two weeks. And in those two weeks, believe it or not, this um, last weekend, which was New Year's Eve or New Year's weekend, January 1st through the 3rd, Star Wars in its third week still pulled in $90 million <laughs> in its third week. It's already, uh, at that point, it had crossed $740 million domestically. In at number two, surprisingly enough, in its second week, 
still doing really well with only like a 24.6% drop, Daddy's Home, the Will wow. Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg uh, movie. $29 million oh, in very place. Good. Considering it's uh, going up against Star Wars, yeah. that's a great counter-programming. And um, it's already at, uh, at that point at over $93 million. Wow. So, very successful <laughs> movie for them. That's always good to hear, right? When you see a movie doing good, it must must be good, must be funny, right? Yeah. Um, the Hateful Eight came out, uh, Quentin Tarantino's eighth movie. It finally opened uh, nationwide second week, and it had a huge jump, obviously, but still only p- managed to pull in $15.7 million. A little disappointing. They were thinking a little more along the lines of Django Unchained and whatnot, which was a lot higher than $15 million. So they, one of the things that uh, the Weinsteins were saying were, well, yeah, Star Wars is out. So yeah. so there are some, I don't know, but is that does that argument hold water when Daddy's Home Daddy's made only, $29 million? Yeah. Because it is a Let's see, Daddy's Home, I don't see the rating on it, but I'm guessing it's, um, if it's PG, PG-13, it's kind of the same crowd that Star Wars has. It's not like the, the Hateful Eight crowd, because Hateful Eight is a rated R, gory, bloody, um, uh, vulgar movie. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it wasn't exactly the same audience, you mm-hmm. know, so mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know what did it. In at number four, still doing fairly well, uh, not bad for a $30 million movie, already crossing the $60 million mark. Sisters, Tina Fey, your favorite, and Navy Polar, $12.7 million. In at number five, Alvin and the Chipmunks, still making movies, believe it or not. That one's already pulled in over $67 million, uh, adding those $12 million this past weekend. Joy with Jennifer Lawrence in at number six with $10 million. The Big Short, which uh, I, I still want to see that one. Uh, that one came in at number seven with $9 million. That one's already over its budget. It's at, uh, pulled in $33 million. Concussion, the uh, Will Smith movie, Point Break, which is like a 10% on the tomato. Uh-huh. <laughs> According to our nephew Alex, it's like 10%, and they're showing it at the local theater. Why? But, you know, I guess <clears throat> name recognition or whatever. Yeah. And last but not least, pulling in the top 10, The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. I know. Don't feel sad for Jennifer Lawrence, the brunette in this one. The movie's already pulled in $274 million. Well, yeah, they're still pulling it in, yeah. Yeah, so it's still pulled in another $4 million this past weekend. Now, today news came out, and I saw it on the HollywoodReporter.com. It's official. J.J. Abrams' Star Wars The Force Awakens is the highest grossing film of all time in North America, not accounting for inflation, of course. On Wednesday, the Disney and Lucasfilm mega blockbuster will overtake the $760.5 million earned by James Cameron's average. Force Awakens, which grossed $8 million on Tuesday for a domestic total of $758.2 million, (laughs) will have achieved the milestone in only 20 days in release. A remarkable feat released in December of 2009, Avatar grossed nearly $750 million in its original seven-month run, plus another $10 million plus when it was re-released in theaters. Thanks to Force Awakens, domestic revenue for 2015 hit a record $11 billion at the last minute. Globally, Force Awakens still has a long way to go before eclipsing the $2.78 billion earned by Avatar, even as it does staggering business. Through Tuesday, its worldwide tally is already at $1.56 billion, not including China. I was just saying, China hasn't even opened yet. Which opens on uh, January 9th. Almost guarantee that's going to surpass everything else. Now, the uh, observers are suggesting Star Wars will ultimately gross around 2.2 to 2.4 billion dollars worldwide, passing Titanic, which is a 2.19, to become the number two film of all time, not accounting for inflation already. It's at number four. Only two films have earned 700 million dollars or more in North America: Avatar and Force Awakens. So, pretty crazy, right? Really, really crazy. And I think that uh, Cameron has he's got several films up on that. The top two, right? The top now. two, yeah. That's crazy. And especially when Titanic hit those big numbers, you're like, no way. 
No way yeah. he's gonna like wow. It'll it'll be there forever. It's like holy. How did that do it? And uh, if you're not aware, there are actually uh, uh, more Avatar movies coming. So, really? Yeah. I, I I don't see them unless some sort of magic miracle or something hitting the same. Um, like stride as Avatar because it was a, I think a perfect storm. It was a, a beautifully shot movie. I mean, it's just gorgeous to see. And that was when there was an interest in 3D. Like a lot of people was, oh, dude, it was kind of new because he was pushing it with Avatar. And um, I don't, it's kind of died down the 3D mm-hmm. uh, aspect of it. So we'll see what happens. It's been six years. From TheRap.com, just when he thought Michael Bay was turning over a new leaf with his new movie, 13 Hours, the uh, Benghazi movie, right? The, uh, I don't remember uh-huh. what the title of the movie is. He's confirmed he will return to direct Transformers 5 for <laughs> Paramount. Mere days before the studio releases the uh, Benghazi movie, of course, he's threatened to wash his hands of the blockbuster franchise before, and he repeated a familiar sentiment on his latest press tour, telling Rolling Stone that the next Transformers movie will be his last one. (laughs) I still have a great time. It's fun to do a movie that 100 million people will see, but this is the last one. I have to pass the reins to someone else. I mean, come on. What a gig. Oh yeah, it's it's almost a guaranteed sell, uh, and and you've got explosions galore. You've got giant robots, <laughs> giant robots, you know, uh, all kinds of stars. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got uh, you've got guys that went from TV made made good transfers to to film and, and back and forth. It's, and it's with, really good. And then with his new direction, he will direct Transformers Five from a script by Black Hawk Down writer Ken Nolan and Iron Man writers Art Markham and Matt Holloway. Mark Wahlberg, of course, in stepping in the hero role for the uh, series, which is different, right? Because it was Shia LaBeouf for the first three. They switched over to Mark Wahlberg. Didn't miss a step. He's uh, slated to return for the fifth film in the series. Expected to open up the uh, to open up the Transformers universe. And much more likable than Shia LaBeouf. To me, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, the the one thing that was missing from um, Transformers 4 was no, 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 no. Which was Shia LaBeouf's <laughs> go-to line for almost every scene in uh, in the first Transformers. Yeah. I wonder if they, after that, when somebody made a supercut of all the times he did that, if uh, they, they went back and told him, dude, go. Cut it. Like, stop. Reboot. Put the robots back together. <laughs> From WashingtonPost.com, speaking of toys, in what is a rather staggering miscalculation, giving the usual deft precision of Star Wars merchandise rollouts, Hasbro unveiled its new Star Wars-themed Monopoly board game in September and decided not to include, oh, the central new hero in the Star Wars franchise going (laughs) onward. Facing criticism that climbed once the seventh Star Wars feature film opened last month, Hasbro offered a quasi-rationale for the oversight, including The Force Awakens scavenger heroine Rey, as portrayed by Daisy Ridley in the game, risked spoiling a key plot line. That's what they told uh, Entertainment Weekly. We know she was in the movie. You yeah. know, how could it not be in the... Uh, in the toy, and anyway, it says, of course, it's merely an excuse that holds less water than uh, Ray's Jakku Canteen. <laughs> Monopoly cards needn't be the equivalent of reveal-riddled fan fiction, and any would-be spoiler could uh, would uh, readily have been written around. Then there's the baffling fact that this makes little business sense. When one of the world's biggest franchise tactically positions a new character as its front and center new face, beautiful girl, Mm -hmm. uh, as well as a welcome alternative from Disney-owned Star Wars to so many Disney princesses, why leave her on the sidelines? Especially Star Wars merchandise stands to make, oh, at least $3 billion in sales from the new film, according to uh, reports. So paying $4 billion for the Star Wars rights to George Lucas, 
seems like a pretty good movie. Oh, yeah. Considering oh, yeah. it's just the first movie. Exacerbating matters is the fact that Ray was so underrepresented on so many Star Wars products this past shopping season. In marked contra- uh, contrast to the omnipresent Kylo Ren, that this continued the long-standing pattern of almost all male representation on Star Wars toys and tie-ins. The utter illogic of the decision is... You don't woo millions of new Star Wars viewers, especially with a new hope of a strong and central female heroine, one who symbolically keeps shaking off Finn's would-be helping hand during chasing. <laughs> Why are you holding my hand? And uh, then have that character go AWOL on your games and like Captain Phasma as well be significantly undermarketed on your masses of, of plastic tie-ins. Who is at the console controls over there? Kylo Ren? The underwhelming female representation rings as so tone-deaf it practically puts the bro in Hasbro. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Beyond that, there are two takeaways here, uh, though, that encourage. First, Hasbro listened to the fan backlash, which on social media has included the hashtags Where's Ray and Where is Ray? Uh, and announced Tuesday it will produce an updated version of the Monopoly game that will include Ray. We love the passion fans have for Ray, they said in a statement. Even more encouraging is the degree to which this is the latest signifier of broader geek culture change. In terms of pop culture, after all, 1977, the first year of the first Star Wars, or the year of the first Star Wars release, is a geek galaxy far, far away, exactly 40 years after George Lucas first sneak peek Star Wars footage at the San Diego Comic Con. In fact, this year's uh, CCI event is guaranteed to have a nearly 50-50 headcount in terms of gender balance. So wow. that's, that's great to see, you know? It is. I mean, it, I hate sausage fests. Yeah. <laughs> I like to keep those. I mean, it's That's why I go to metal shows for. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, you've seen more girls there, too, which is great. <laughs> Uh, as futurist and author Rob Salkowitz told me, uh, told them last year, according to his data and survey analysis released last summer by the online ticketing platform Eventbrite, we've reached geek parity, a 50-50 balance. By comparison, the split in nerd culture fandom uh, tilted 54-46 male in 2014, in noting that last year, based on 2,100 respondents in 48 states, was the first ever year of almost 50-50 parity. That's not too many. 2,100 people? That's, That's kind of a small... Small sample, yeah. Yeah. In other words, the boys club geek stereotype has officially been declared dead as the fiscal reality awakens. Uh, women love Star Wars as much as men. Women love to be geeks as much as men. And guess what? Women have money as much as men. Yeah, yeah. You can't count women out. No, you can't. You have to include them in everything because they are such a, like you said, they have the spending, the, the ability to spend as much or more mm-hmm. than, than a lot. There's a lot of single single parents out there, young single parents, mm-hmm. uh, females uh, that have young children as well mm-hmm. and that are bringing them up with that same geekdom that they have. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, fan sites that have those those pretty geek girls just mm-hmm. out there and, you know, it's, it's becoming very mainstream for tattooed girls with the oh, sure. you know uh, the cosplayers cosplayers all that stuff and some are making some pretty pretty good coin too being uh, geeks maybe they weren't before but they saw the uh, <laughs> you know the hey it's good lucrative yeah know, it so. is mm-hmm. but uh, you know I mean I'm all for parody for for men and women in 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 geek culture if you want to call it that you know in, in pop culture and fandom I'm all for it man this message brought to you by the Small Hours Podcast. There you go. We're strong supporters. <laughs> we are. We are. Hey, you see it with Walking Dead. You see yeah. it. You saw it with the the uh, Sons of Anarchy. You saw it with. <laughs> did you do motorcycle hands? <laughs> yes, I did. Trying to remember, remind yourself. <laughs> he's, oh yeah, he's, he's driving. He's letting go. Uh, yeah, I did motorcycle hands. Remember. <laughs> 
Sons of Anarchy. That's what it was. And, uh, you know, it, it, you, you see so many of the posts online and stuff. Our, my nieces and cousins, female cousins, were the ones that are most geeking out about these shows. Yeah. And Sons of Anarchy got uh, pretty vicious for a while. Yeah, yeah. What, what happened? No, nothing. Okay, I thought you were pointing at something. What did I drop something? <laughs> so we were talking earlier, uh, we mentioned earlier the passing of uh, of Lemmy. Uh, Ian Lemmy Kilmeister of Motorhead, which basically um, means the passing of Motorhead. I mean, yeah. That's that's it. They they were active. They released a couple albums recently and literally touring this last year. Even as Lemmy's health was failing, they were still out touring. I'm not going to go into a whole Wikipedia rehash of, of his life because it's it's been talked about and, and you can look it up. If you're a fan, I'm sure you already looked it up as well. I just want to say that uh, insofar as Lemmy's concerned, he was one of those guys that... Uh, and I'm echoing the sentiments of many, many people I thought was always going to be there. Yeah. You know, kind of felt that way of Ronnie James Dio. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, one of those kind of like Aussies. Like when Ozzy passes, it's going to be like, man, you know, because he's still going on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Keith Richards, you know. <laughs> Keith Richards going to bury us all. So, yeah, Keith Richards going <laughs> to turn out the lights. <laughs> Time to go. And Party's over. Peel off his face. <laughs> fly off into space. <laughs> Burn out that last cigarette. <laughs> yeah. So long, suckers. <laughs> Fooled y'all. <laughs> but uh, the passing of Lemmy was a, a shock. I, I thought it was a joke at first. One of those, you know, false stories that, that usually come out of a celebrity passing away. But then, you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt because he had been in failing health. He had been looking very frail. And uh, it was one of those like, man, you didn't want to accept it. Yeah. I, I was going to say, although he had been declining recently, mm-hmm. um, like you said, they had been touring and stuff, and then he canceled, canceled the date here, canceled the date there, and then he said, hey, maybe we should check this out, you know, and yeah. then found out he was very ill. Uh, and, and like from, two days later. Yeah. From then on, from then on, as a matter of fact, for they had that uh, bash for him, and they said, you know, everybody's on stage. He was up on stage with people, but not participating, not playing, not singing, not anything, enjoying it for a while, and then boom, see you later, enjoy the evening, I'm out. You know, so, so yeah, that was uh, maybe mercifully quick for everybody to not see him go uh, like a a totally different illness, but not to see that Freddie Freddie Mercury decline. Yeah, so it's like, okay, he's sick, wow, he's dead. Yeah, and it was sad, sad to see. You know, we did see a little bit of it, you know, Mm -hmm. but you're like, he's going to be 70, man. I mean, it's (laughs) not like he's a Lemmy of the 80s anymore, you know, when he was already old, you know. Mm -hmm. But it was it was sad to see, man. And it's funny because when they were doing the tribute on on Sirius, when they were simulcasting on Ozzy's Boneyard and Liquid Metal, mm-hmm. um, they had all these artists call in and give their memories. And I'm like, man, I have my story. If I if I could call in, my story was that first time I saw Motorhead was on the Young Ones on on MTV. When there's a portion of the show where the the characters run out, and then one of them comes back. I think it was Rick Mail, and he comes back and and snaps his fingers, and Motorhead's there. And that's the first time I saw them. I guess I'd heard them or seen their you know patches or whatever, but that was the first time I saw them. And Corey Taylor from Slipknot called in and gave that exact same story. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, wow, that was that was kind of weird, you know? But uh, so that was kind of cool. But that was the first time I saw Motorhead. And from what I remember, because also my memory is a little Swiss cheesy at times. I know. It's a shock. <laughs> um, I only saw them once, which was with um, Alice Cooper. It was it was Alice Cooper, Motorhead, Faster Pussycat in San Diego. It was ni- and I should have looked up the ticket because I have it. And uh, it was 1988, 89 at the latest. I got to see them play, and if I'm not mistaken, I have a pick. 
from Motorhead. Nice. I, I also didn't look it up, which I'm, you know, I've been busy, so I apologize. But uh, if uh, if I do, I'll, I'll post it on the Small Hours Podcast Facebook page. And uh, I got to see Motorhead live at least just once. That's I cool. I think oh, it was the cool. Orgasmatron tour. I'm not sure. Oh, by the way, this is the top of mind segment of the Small Hours Podcast. <laughs> I forgot to introduce it, where we just take subjects and talk about them for a little while. That was subject number one. Rest in peace, Lemmy. I drank a lot of whiskey for you. And I'll probably do it again. For, as, as as you as you would like to have, it, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. But uh, you did you you had a couple of uh, top of mind subjects. I have one more, but I can save it. Okay, uh, yeah, the, the one was uh, it's a little maybe past tense now because the holidays are pretty much over. That was last year, bro. Yeah, it, it's very last year. <laughs> um, but uh, we commented we had commented about the laser uh, strikes now being labeled right. laser, laser strike. strikes into the striking the plane into with the, the laser. Cockpits. Yeah. And, and it's like you turn on the room and you're struck by the light that, <laughs> that turns on right when you flick the switch. So the how dangerous and we're not downplaying how dangerous no, it, it could be. Absolutely is, yeah. Because yeah, if I you agree. get a laser in your face as you're driving, you know it's not it's not freak you out. Yeah, Imagine and then especially a in a plane with other lives and in, in, in at stake and so forth, on, both in the air and on the ground. Again, we're not downplaying the danger. The danger, of right? What we are saying is the term "strike" being used. <laughs> right. The 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 verbiage. Yeah. Um, well, when I came, you, we saw one of your neighbors had one of those uh, laser uh, displays that that just riddled your house with little laser. Oh pin- yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you call them? The projector. Yeah, the laser projector, projector for the holidays. And being in the flight path, I thought uh, as I was driving away after one of our that show that we did that was spoke about the laser strikes, I thought, man, I wonder how soon it'll be before they say those things are dangerous. Well, not a week went by when I saw a story. <clears throat> hey, you have the story. I have the story. That's weird. Prep for the show. <laughs> right? Go- Who are you? The move through bed, the grind of Came in through the backside. <laughs> anyway, the Federal Aviation Administration is investigating Christmas laser light displays after a beam from one of the machines entered the cockpit of a plane fr- flying over Dallas. Laser beams that enter cockpits are disorienting and dangerous to pilots. In Dallas, police helicopter traced the laser back to a holiday light machine at a home in Garland, Texas, where one of the beams from the display was shooting up into the sky. In November, holiday light displays in California and Michigan were blamed for laser shining into plane cockpits. And I think they were banned. But... I, I don't understand. If it's a static display and it's pointing up in the air, there's it's you're gonna pass it, aren't you? You're gonna boom. You're gonna shoot right by it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's different than when somebody's actually following the plane and going striking it with a laser uh, on the windshield. You know, or, you know, pointing it directly and following it. I, it's different. You know. Yeah, where somebody's like you said, the directionally at your face or into the cockpit, disorienting you as as you're progressing through, mm-hmm. uh, like you know, wherever. Many miles you travel in those seconds uh, versus pew, I just flew through a field. Oh, a yeah. flash or something. What was that? Yeah. Plus, the, when, when I've seen a d- uh, display, it always seems like they overdo it on uh, like this is an example like when they do the don't leave your don't let your Christmas tree dry up because this could happen then they throw a gallon of gasoline on it <laughs> and a flare and then it just like uh, like in um, National Lampoon's Christmas <laughs> Vacation. Um, Where's the cat? No. But when they did the laser, they, they this is what could happen. And I, I like the use of the term could because they shine this laser on there and the entire cockpit is like, it looked like a rave, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> looks like that one time I was standing in a sharper image and somebody pointed a laser directly into my eye before reading the sign that says, do not point lasers directly into somebody's eyes. What an asshole. Who did that? <laughs> 
<clears throat> I don't know. He's the other, only other person in this room. Okay. We'll, we'll figure out before the show is over. Uh, <laughs> I'm over here. I'm over here. Oh, okay. there you are. <laughs> uh, so anyway, it just seemed like they used a massive, like, Val Kilmer real genius laser to to show <laughs> to show what the laser could do inside the cockpit. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Do they scatter that much when like, i don't maybe it a consumer ref- one maybe it refracts through the through the glass the, the airplane glass yeah maybe there's something yeah because there's some pretty powerful ones i remember a military grade quote-unquote right that you can buy on the internet and hit one of these uh, street lights you hit one of the street lights from half a block away and it'll turn it off oh wow it's that bright mm. but so i'm sure that it so could maybe there are some yeah it could be distracting but like to that to that degree that you said like lights up the whole cockpit and the whole nine yeah i don't know it's like uh, when they do uh, uh, fireworks safety videos. It's like, this is what could happen if you hold a black hat in your hand. Then they put like an M80 or an M120 inside a cantaloupe or something. <laughs> I'm like, hang on, it's a little different, but yeah, I understand. You could play for the Giants. Or not play with the oh, Giants yeah. anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, I had, I've had fireworks pop in my hand. Luckily, they were small, and it just felt like I was wearing a glove for about half an hour. It was throbbing. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I, I, I yeah, I, I reached back to, to lob a black cat and didn't make it past my ear on the way back. Pat! So I had my two busted fingers, and because I was holding it tight, of yeah, course, because yeah. I'm going to throw it. You held that explosion. And then <laughs> and then my ear was like bleeding or something. It wasn't that bad, but it was definitely had that little high frequency Sure, sure I still have it. For a while. <laughs> I, I had the brilliant idea of lighting two firecrackers, light one, and then light the other one. Before so, moving away. <laughs> right, before moving away. I was young. This was at least a year ago. I, I did it. I lit the first one, right? And then I go to light the second one, which doesn't light as fast as the first one. And pow, right? So I'm like, oh my gosh. And I think then the second one popped. Because it lit. Because it lit. <laughs> and you were disoriented. Yeah, exactly. It's like you had the laser strike. So like, exactly. <laughs> it was a sound strike to my ears. And uh, yeah, it was pretty stupid. <laughs> I wonder if that was like the in- initializing of my tinnitus. Probably before heavy metal, yeah. Before adding to it on purpose, <laughs> paying tickets to go get some more tinnitus. Paying good money. Standing in front of speakers because the music was nice and loud right there. Crocus did that to me here, luckily. Idiot. Anyway, did you? was that the only one you were going to uh, Rick and Gervais. Oh, yeah, it Rick just, and Gervais. He's going to be um, doing the Golden Globes Golden again. Globes again. Yeah, <laughs> I've never been a fan of Ricky Gervais. I am not a fan either. Uh, I think he's just, uh, he's very sarcastic. Which and, is nothing wrong. I, I, you know, I like sarcasm. Yeah, it, well-played sarcasm is one thing. This guy, he just seems bored with it all to me. He just seems like, you stupid Americans, here I come. I'm going to take your money, make fun of you, and you're going to like it. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, he, he, and then he laughs himself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so funny. Those, those teasers that they've been doing, it just doesn't do anything for me to watch that show. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched, I didn't watch uh, after the first one he did oh, a while back. I was like, ugh, this guy. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of movies that I've seen him in there. Yeah, all right. But I think a lot of people were, became fans because of The uh, the Office, the British one, mm-hmm. which they adapted into the American one. And apparently he did a great job, and I've just never seen it. So I've never really become a fan fan. And and, he, and I like British humor for the most part, yeah. And he just kept, I think one of the things was that he kept on on and on about how they were leaving the office, how Steve Carell was leaving, how they're doing it. And that's one of the things that bugged me. He kept saying how much money he was going to lose because they weren't doing the office anymore. And this and that on one of those shows. And I was like, yeah, okay, you said it. it. Shut up. You got it. Yeah. (laughs) What are you, drunk? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Well, that's in the Golden Globes. That's usually a fair assessment. Yeah. So I, it just annoys me to no end. Um, is one of those guys that uh, has one of those punch me in the face faces he does. to me. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. And uh, not that I would or no, of course condone not. it, but I understand or, it. Or, you know, condone violence. But we understand it. Yes. Absolutely. The other uh, top of mind subject I had was the Guns N' Roses reunion. It's happening this year, April uh, 15th and 17th, Coachella in uh, Indio, California. The, it's going on April 15th, 17th, and uh, the 22nd, 24th. One of those times, or maybe more than once, Guns N' Roses is going to have a reunion of the classic members of Guns N' Roses. Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses. Nice. Which is, um, you know, one of those things that you thought was never going to happen. And as a matter of fact, recently, Axl Rose was going to come out on Jimmy Kimmel Live, and apparently he bailed, and somebody said, because they ran out of cake. <laughs> He's pretty big. He's pretty big right now. I was going to say, yeah. the last picture I saw, he looked like a Jiminy, Jimmy Glick, or what's his name? Yeah, Jiminy Glick. <laughs> That's what I thought of. Here, I'm going to talk. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, from that, from, well, you know, like not doing cocaine so much or heroin as much. Uh, like, we'll do that to more you. More like triple axle rose. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, more like a sow cow rose. Oh, oh come on now. <clears throat> and uh, I'm over here looking at my stomach, hanging over my pants and <laughs> almost in the middle of my thighs. That's the geek. So this guy acts roses and rock stars <laughs> looking fat these days. Yeah, we're not. You know, Pass me the bacon. Yeah. Hey, speaking of concerts, uh, there's some concerts coming up in the South Texas area. For those of you that are listening in our area in South Texas, I, I finally dug some up again. I keep forgetting. You know, it's a, a loose collection of things that I put together for the small hours all the time. And this one I got, or these I got from TXMetalConcerts.com. Coming up on the 15th, it's Queensryche at the Alamo City Music Hall on San Antonio. That is next Friday. Queensryche, nice. not with Jeff Tate. Not with Jeff Tate. And then uh, on the 17th, which is Sunday, they're going to be in Corpus Christi at the Brewster Street Ice House. And finally, after a delay, I was supposed to see him, I think it was December 2nd, uh, on Wednesday, January 27th, Venom Inc. finally makes uh, their way to the Corova in San Antonio! And uh, they're already in the United States. They had their first show, I think, yesterday in, I don't know, Georgia or something. And uh, they're going to be hitting the, all throughout January, they're going to be in the States. So hitting up a bunch of locations. So if you haven't had a chance to check out Venom Inc., which is, of course, the primeval lineup, Demolition Man on vocals and, of course, Mantis and uh, on guitar and Abaddon on drums, going to be at the Crove in San Antonio on Wednesday, the 27th. I'll be there. See you there. Uh, this is going to be a, a difficult one, however. On February the 6th, which is Saturday, you've got two options. You can either go to Hidalgo, Texas, to the State Farm Arena, and see Def Leppard, Styx, and Tesla, which is promising to be a good show. Yes. Styx put on a hell of a show, man. Tesla is a great... It's a great man. Great man. man. Def Leppard, no slouches as well. However... If you're not into the classic rock uh, scene, you can just travel a little further north to Corpus Christi at the Concrete Street Amphitheater and catch Lamb of God and Anthrax. Anthrax. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. How could I choose? You know, I mean, they'll be like, oh, I'm not going to see one of these. So I'm probably not going to see either. either. <laughs> but if you're going, how is, uh, how is uh, Def Leppard, Sticks, and Tesla not coming to Laredo? I have no idea. How, I mean, you know that could that, that could at least sell half a. I don't know, dude. For an outdoor festival with with uh, bands from that time, maybe a little lesser known than this, there was a lot of people out there and yeah. out braving the the odd weather that we have here in February or mm-hmm. whenever it was. It could be cold, it could be hot, it could be raining. People were out there even after concerts that I was part of putting on had yep. had not great turnouts because of the 
sudden turn in weather. People went out there, bought their ticket, and stood out there and, and watched these great performances and had a good time. Yep. We have a venue that's sitting there empty. Except for a large portion of the time. Large portion of the time. We have Disney on ice, though. (laughs) Disney on ice. We have a semi-pro basketball team Mm -hmm. that they never uh, put dates up for. Just, hey, they're playing. Today. Yeah. Can't plan for it, yeah. Yeah, whoever's in charge of uh, of, uh, running our our, um, venue, just uh, man is asleep at the wheel, in my opinion. They need to to really step it up. I don't know why don't they, they don't go after these concerts. Now, if it's an outdoor thing like this, like this one that's at at, at the Am Concrete Street, yeah. Concrete, concrete Street. Concrete. Yeah, you get me angry, I get angry. This was for you, let me. Yeah, right. um, the baseball stadium was made with a stage and center field for precisely this type of... Don't this. mess up the grass. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, I mean, there's two, literally two venues. Side by side. Side by side that we can use. And I don't know how Def Leppard Sticks and Tesla could not come to Laredo. Now, there's, ven- I think they're playing Corpus Christi in San Antonio as well. You know, I always heard from, from people, that are, it's because people don't buy tickets in advance and blah, blah, blah. But... I don't know. Don't they go none? anyway? Yeah, you know what? We all we pay in advance as as sure as somebody's promoting a show. You pay in advance. You know, you cast your lot. Yeah, and hope to make it back. But the the thing is that I, I there's so few and far between that you don't develop a fan base. If you started bringing the maybe lesser known acts and the quarter houses and stuff like that to these venues, then you start developing. Hey, they are showing up. Yeah, you know what what happens here. A lot of mentality is that, eh, they're not going to show. Well, remember, some shows were canceled. Like, who was it? The Eagles canceled, uh, allegedly. Uh, 50 Cent, allegedly, was yeah. coming. Uh, you know, I, I remember one Santana, though. Santana canceled. Santana canceled. So there, there have been shows that ended canceled. Because they're not selling. If their whole tour is selling out and this yeah. one doesn't sell out beforehand, they will cancel it. Because they don't want that blemish on their record, or mm. per se. They're still going to get paid. Yeah, they're getting their money. They don't care. Oh, speaking of courthouses, when I saw uh, Alice Cooper and uh, and Motorhead and Fast Pussycat, it was courthouse. It was awesome. It was yeah, just the, it's right it was just there, the, uh, just the curve uh-huh. of the San Diego Sports Arena. Now I had front row tickets because I was a friend mm. of a ticket counter girl. Nice. That was nice. Now, so I think if you develop this type of relationship with the tour managers, with the people that are putting on these tours that are going to all these venues, the winter concerts, the summer concerts, if you start developing them now by summertime when all those festivals are out and about, they will contact you to come out. And And there's uh, some hope for the economy. Exactly. And you have the fan base that's already there going, okay, you know, I can sing. If you tell me in six months or three months, so-and-so is coming, I like that, man. I'm going to save my money. And you go out there and you not only sell the seats, you get the butts in the seats and then you get the the concession. Yeah, exactly. And uh, no, I mean, it's something that uh, is is missing like severely in Laredo, considering it's we're supposedly a decent rock town. We have no... No representation. No representation. You have a lot of Mexican or Spanish-speaking artists, which, uh, you know, mind you, they sell out. Mm-hmm. They sell well, and I know I understand them courting that type of audience, but if you have that revenue coming in, that revenue stream coming in, then invest in the other exactly. one. Exactly. You already have money coming in from that. Do the dual thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Hit it from both sides and develop the one that's not as active as the other. Mm-hmm. And that's usually the case. You know, mm-hmm. you make money on some, you don't make money on, on others. Uh, other shows coming uh, to the area, San Antonio, Thursday, February 11th, March. Marty Friedman, uh, formerly Megadeth, going to be out there at Fitzgerald's in San Antonio. Cradle of Filth at the Aztec Theater on Friday the 12th in San Antonio. Warbringer at the Corova, also on Friday. That's going to be a toss-up. 
Or bring her a cradle of filth. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Operation Mindcrime, or of Jeff Tate, Operation Mindcrime is going to be in San Antonio at the Alamo City Music Hall, where Queensryche was there just a month before. Nice. On February 20th, but with Jeff Tate. That's on Saturday. And last but not least, the Aztec Theater also hosting Cannibal Corpse on March 14th. That's a Monday show. I may not make that one. I made a, a pretty cool contact. I've been trying to set up an interview with the guys from Venom at, at the Corova show, and the tour manager sent me a, uh, a young lady name, name of Sarah. So I sent her an email. She was out till today. Today she replied. And I go, hey, I'd like to set up an interview. Da, 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 da. She's like, um, I don't know who gave you my name. I'm in Portland. So <laughs> I have nothing to do with it. And I'm like, ah, oh, well, would you happen to know who blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, sorry. But if you ever, you know, want to interview anybody uh, over here, let me know. I'm like, great. By the way, I do a podcast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, looking for hard rock, heavy metal bands. By the way, this goes out to you hard rock, heavy metal bands out there. Contact me at smallhoursemail at gmail.com. She's like, we represent a bunch of them, local and other. I'm like, excellent. So hopefully we're going to start getting some people from uh, the Portland area to send us some music. Very cool. Yeah. So I told her, I guess I got your name for a reason after all. (laughs) You know, kind of weird. It it worked out. It's uh, Mike Thrasher Presents. Her name's Sarah, so hopefully we're going to be getting some good contacts from her. Speaking of Lemmy, as we get ready to wrap up the show, and uh, and I'll give out the contact information one more time. Uh, a lot of happen, a lot of happening in the news the last few days. Of course, losing one of heavy metal's biggest icons, uh, Motorhead frontman Lemmy. In the other realm of heavy metals, scientists have discovered four new elements. I don't know if you heard this to add to the periodic table, but have yet to name them. They fill up the seventh row. The final these four discoveries are going to fill up the seventh row completely. Well, a new petition has been launched by Motorhead fans for one of the elements to be named after a man of science, Lemmy Kilmeister. The petition titled, Help Make Lemmium, the new chemical name for heavy metal in the periodic table. It already has 32,000 signatures as of this writing, and the the petition states, Lemmy was a force of nature and the very essence of heavy metal. We believe it is fitting that the International Union of Pure and Applied Chemistry recommend that one of the four new discovered heavy metals in the periodic table is named Lemmium. An astrological object, a star, has been named Lemmy to meet the IUPAC naming recommendations. We couldn't think of a more appropriate tribute, and uh, you can check out the petition online. So be look out for that one. I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. I thought it was pretty cool. Lemmium. That's pretty cool, man. I like that. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up the show? Man, it's the uh, start of a new year. It's always an adventure. Um, looking forward to, uh, to a great year. If it's as good as last year, it'll be okay. If it's better, it'll be fantastic. Same here. There's a couple of things coming down the pike for me as well. I don't know if it's going to be affecting the uh, ability to record the small hours, but I will try and keep the schedule as much as possible to bring a, a new episode every single week. And um, especially with this new contact I made, hopefully that's going to be giving us the opportunity to feature more artists on the uh, featured track of the week. So again, looking forward to a good 2016. I'm sure it's going to be an eventful year considering it's an election year. And um, I'm going to start getting crazy here for a while. But we'll try and keep it crazy on our type on the Small Hours Podcast. Don't forget, if you have an opportunity, go to Facebook.com slash The Small Hours Podcast and like our page. Plus, you can contact us via email, smallhoursemail at gmail.com. That's smallhoursemail at gmail.com. If you're an artist, hard rock or heavy metal, contact us. Send us a track, send us your bio, and uh, we'll check it out. Maybe we can feature it on an upcoming show. Yeah, send it in, man. We were getting a lot of uh 
request to play music right off the bat, mm-hmm. and now it's kind of tapered off a little bit. It's we're still here. Mm-hmm. We have uh, listeners from throughout the world. You never know. You might have uh, that one person that uh, listens and says, "Hey, I got to talk to these guys." You yeah, know? bring them over to Europe or something. Yeah. So again, smallhoursemail at gmail.com and you can always find find our shows at thesmallhours.podbean.com. Thesmallhours.podbean.com. Outro. Love your kids. Hug them, kiss them, buckle them up. And hey, if you know somebody's hurting out there, give them a call. Excellent. Right now, it's time for us to head on out of here. Remember to Lexon, knowledge is power, imagination is king, and intelligence is your weapon. Read a good book today, enrich your mind. You've been listening to the Small Hours Podcast with Al Guevara. I'm Al Guevara. We'll catch you next time. 